This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. We live our lives as dead to self and alive to Christ. It's many times much easier to die for a cause than it is to live for a cause. I can die for a cause and be done with it. But to live for a cause means that tomorrow morning I need to live for that cause. That means the day after tomorrow I need to get up and live for that cause. And next week and the following month and the following year that I am living for that cause. And Paul says, I beseech you, brethren. Join us today as Pastor David exhorts all believers to live their lives sacrificially for Christ. Jesus said that you need to die daily for Him. The Lord desires that you not conform to the world but that you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Apostle Paul specifically exhorts against having spiritual pride. You're called to grow in spiritual maturity and grow in humility, not pride. Are you becoming more conformed to the world or more transformed into the image of Christ? Let's join Pastor David in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1, with our message entitled, Living as a Sacrifice. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brother. And again, that beseech, that's to, to urge, I, I implore, I beg of you. Therefore, because of everything that I've said thus far, the, the 11 chapters that went previous to this, because of everything that we know thus far, I beg of you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, that means that day in and day out, we live our lives as dead to self and alive to Christ. It's many times much easier to die for a cause than it is to live for a cause. I can die for a cause and be done with it. But to live for a cause means that tomorrow morning I need to live for that cause. That means the day after tomorrow I need to get up and live for that cause. And next week and the following month and the following year that I am living for that cause. And Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you'd present your bodies as a living sacrifice, day in and day out, holy and acceptable to God, which is just the logical thing to do. Remember last week we shared that word, that, that reasonable sacrifice or reasonable service. He uses the word that we translate or that we get the word logical from. It's just the logical thing to do in view of all that God has done for us in the past, that we would live our lives daily as a living sacrifice unto Him. Jesus said, you need to die daily for me. That unless a man is willing to take up his cross and follow me, he is not worthy of the kingdom. Jesus expects, anticipates the fact that we are willing to die to self and live to him. That's what a living sacrifice is. He went on to say, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, what is that acceptable, what is that perfect will of God in your life. Then he goes on in verse 3, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. It's interesting as Paul begins to speak on these things, what he's speaking about there is the fact of spiritual pride. He says, don't think of yourself higher than you ought to think. 
And unfortunately, within the body of Christ, we do have spiritual pride, don't we? We have those that will, in their lives, in the maturity of their lives, suddenly think, well, you know, I kind of got it all together in my Christian life, and it's too bad about you. And uh, rather than having that understanding that in our maturity, the call for our lives is to encourage one another, to lift up one another, to bear each other's burdens, rather than polishing our own halos, our crowns, so to speak, we ought to be encouraging, lifting up, and coming alongside others. It's interesting in this, he uses the Greek word when he speaks of think, he uses the Greek word phroneo, and phroneo means to exercise the mind to form an opinion, or to think. And he speaks that word actually in verse 3, four different times, just in that one verse. And he's very powerful in what he's saying. He uses different forms of it, but he uses phroneo when he says, don't think of yourself. And then when he says more highly, he actually uses the word hooperphroneo. And hooperphroneo has the idea of being over, above, to think highly of oneself. Don't think of yourself in such a lofty way, in essence, is what he's saying. And he goes on to say that we ought to think, but to think soberly. And that idea of thinking soberly, he has another Greek word, sophroneo. And sophroneo has the idea of being sober-minded, or to think rightly. To have a right understanding of who we are and who Christ is, and what our place and what our position is in the body of Christ. And so that brings us really to the first lesson that we have in this living as a sacrifice, and that is recognizing our true selves. Recognizing our true selves. In order to live as a living sacrifice, I need to really recognize who I am, both the good as well as the not so good. There are giftings and works and maturity and differing believers' lives that, again, God is able to use our lives for his kingdom's sake. But you know what? Every one of us have areas in our lives that are not so good. Amen? Amen. Okay, I didn't want to be the only one. Every one of us have those areas that's not so good. And you know, the enemy is going to come to us and it's going to continue to push us down and to push us down and push us down. So you're not worthy, you're not able, you're, you're, you've blown it before, God can't use you. But you know what? It's not about me, it's not about you, it's about the Spirit and the power of God working within these clay vessels, these, cha- uh, these cracked pots that we are, God working and moving in us for his glory. On one end, we have those that think more highly of themselves, but on the other end of the spectrum are those that say, well, God could never use me. Some that say, man, God got a real jewel when he got me. And God was so blessed that I chose him, not understanding that, no, God chose you in spite of yourself. And then there's others that say, Why God would ever choose me, I can't do anything. I'm unable to do anything in the kingdom. Well, beloved, it's not about you. It's about the Spirit of God working in you. So we need to have that right balance, that right understanding. Not to think more highly, but neither to think too low of what God is able to do and work in our lives. Because as he says there, we have to think, to think soberly. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. The measure of faith has been given to us by God. It's not what I've been able to pump myself up to. 
but it's what God is working and moving in our lives. Now, as we're speaking of this measure of faith this morning, we speak differently than that measure of faith that speaks of salvation. We're speaking of the measure of faith that works in our lives day in and day out, moment by moment of every day, to live our lives as living sacrifices to Him, to being that obedient, usable vessel of His. The faith that brings about the salvation is different than what we are speaking about here. But what he speaks about here is that to each one of us, there has been given this measure of faith. Well, Paul expands on that thought in some similar verses, one of which is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, where Paul says, But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as the individually is worthy of, right? No, that's not what it says. He distributes to each one as he wills, as he wills. God working and moving in our lives according to his desire. Not what we're worthy of, because, well, I know many of you, and none of us are worthy of it, right? None of us are worthy of it. And yet God, in his eternal wisdom, has chosen to allow us to partner together with him in this moment of life for a work that's going to impact eternity. Beloved, that's an awesome thought if we could wrap our heads around it. For the few years that you and I have on this earth, God is determined to use us For His glory. We have a moment of time, a breath, but a vapor, to be used for His glory as He deems necessary and usable in our lives. Well, again, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul speaks a very similar thing. He says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Again, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Not on what I'm able to do, not what I'm able to obtain, not what I'm able to pump myself up to be able to receive, but is the work of God within each of us. And beloved, for all of us, our lives as sacrifices are very much a life of faith. A life of faith, every aspect of our life. God places before us a a, a task, a a mission, so to speak, a, a journey a purpose. And we might say, well, I'm totally incapable of doing that. Trust in God. Understand that it's Him that's going to work that work in you. He will not place before you, He will not give you a task in your life, but that He will not equip you to be able to do that. And again, God's equipping is so powerful in our lives. And to think that, well, maybe I can work this up myself, and maybe I can empower myself to be able to do this. Beloved, there's no way that you're going to be able to do it to the point that what God could do in your life, if you simply surrender and say, I'm dead to self, I want to live as a sacrifice. Lord, whatever you want me to do, you want me to go this way, you want me to serve in this way, you want me to minister in this way, then Lord, I I am yours, and it's only you that can do it, because I'm totally incapable of it. We need to live our lives as living sacrifices in a life that is of faith. Again, faith, that understanding that it's the substance of things not seen, the evidence or the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
I don't see how God can do this. But yet, he's called me for it. He's placed before me. Beloved, that's how we need to do it. The next lesson that we need to get and understand here is that, again, we need to understand our interconnectedness as the body of Christ. That within the body of Christ, you and I work in connection with other members of the body. Listen to what he says in verse 4 and 5. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. There is a division of many members, but there is one body. All the members within it, they don't have the same function, but yet, though we're many, there's one body, that is Christ, and yet there's individual members. Do you think Paul is trying to bring our attention to something? That there is an individuality, but yet that needs to work in cohesiveness with each other. And he brings, uh, within those same section of scriptures that we looked at earlier, he brings this same thought again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in particular, I want to look at that real quick. Keep your place in Romans. We're going to flip right back there. 1 Corinthians, the next book over, go to chapter 12. Again, Paul with the same ideas, same direction of the multiplicity of members and of giftings within those members, all working together as one body. He speaks to us in chapter 12, beginning in verse 14. He says, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it not therefore the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, well, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as they wanted to be placed. That's not what it says, is it? Just as who pleases? As he pleases. Each member of the body placed within the body as he pleases. And if they are all one body, where would the body, I'm sorry, if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Down in verse 25. And that there should be no schisms or divisions within the body but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. There is so much to speak about just in that short section of scriptures when we look at the diversity of the body of Christ. All that God is working and moving in the lives of believers, that yet he draws us all together for his glory. We might say, oh, man, you know, I, I, I don't want to be what I am. I want to be something else. Well, perhaps God has placed you where you are for the service of his kingdom for this precise purpose, for a reason that you don't even see yet. 
And I love what he says there. You know, if we were, if we were all ears, well, where would the smelling be? If we were um, all uh, teachers, where would the servant be? If they were all servants, where would the leadership be? And all of these different aspects. And to simply say, well, the most important things are in one area, and so we don't even need the other ones, again, detracts from what God is building in the body. Now, this afternoon, and we're going to grill some salmon and some asparagus, and we've got some uh, sweet corn and tomato relish we're going to be mixing with it. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This is one of my favorite meals. And, uh, you know, I, I see it. It's good to look at. It's, it's great to smell. It's wonderful to taste. But, you know, because other people are going to be there, I'm going to go ahead and use my hands, too. So I need that part of the body, too. But... I really don't need my feet, so I'm just going to cut my feet off this afternoon. Now, don't even worry about them because I'm not going to be, you know, that would be foolish to think, wouldn't it? Because maybe I don't need my feet at that point in time, but there will come a time when I will need my feet. I'll need the other parts of my body. At particular times, parts of the body seem to be more important or more necessary than others, but God has given the whole body, again, for His glory, for the work of His kingdom, and sometimes the very work of the body might not be seen in the open, but yet it is so necessary. The body of Christ is a mixture Parts and pieces joining together at different places, at different times, again, for the work and the glory of Christ. And it is God who puts those pieces together. It's God who equips each one of us for the work of ministry that he's calling us. And as he places all of those bits and pieces joined and fitted together, there is only one stabilizing central part of it all, and that is Jesus Christ himself. In all that we do, in all the the giftings that we have, unless Jesus Christ is the very center and the focus of our own personal lives, as well as the focus of this ministry, beloved, we are put together for no reason at all, and it will all come to nothing. But God has called us to be a part of one with another, with the center and the focus of all that's going on, being Jesus Christ himself. Paul elsewhere says that the part of this body with all of its members, with Jesus Christ being the head. Elsewhere it speaks of Jesus Christ being the cornerstone of this building that we are building, these living stones that you and I are. If Christ is not the center of the focus of all that we do, then everything that we do will be for absolutely no good at all, no matter how good it may seem at the moment or at the time, unless Christ is the center thing. Now one of the things, turning back to Romans, you can sit there for a while, for a moment, but One of the things we do need to understand is that there is a uniqueness within the body of Christ. But yet in that uniqueness, we need to know that there is an interconnectedness even with that uniqueness. There are some of you that are gifted in areas that I will never be able to experience. 
And there are some of you that God is going to use in ways that others will never be able to experience. The uniqueness of our backgrounds, the uniqueness of our personalities, the uniqueness of who we are. God doesn't want to punch us all out with little cookie cutters and make us all very homogeneous to where everything, all of us, look alike, talk alike, act alike, respond alike, or gifted alike. It does absolutely no good. It is the uniqueness of the believers that helps that interconnectedness really work in the move and in the power of Christ. You think about the disciples and all the differences that those guys had. Man, you had the James and Johns that were ready to call down hellfire and brimstone on people just because they were doing a little bit different. Then you have the, the, the Simon Peters who was, he was ready to jump out and cut somebody's head off at a moment's notice. He wanted to be in, the differences and yet God used each one of those men in a particular way for his purposes, for his reasons. There are differences within the body of Christ. And that is what makes, again, the beauty of the body of Christ. But even with these differences, there needs to be a spiritual unity that draws us together. I love our fellowship here. I look about the, the faces of our fellowship at the different services, and I see people of, of different ethnic backgrounds, different social and economic backgrounds, different parts not only of the country but from the world, different experiences, different giftings and strengths that each one of us have. Listen, this is just a small microcosm of what the body of Christ really ought to be. That again, the, the variety within the body of Christ is what makes the richness in the body of Christ. Because again, what each individual with their uniqueness, what each individual with their differences come and form together to make that interconnectedness. Now sometimes we look at individual members and we say, well, we are really grinding together. His personality or her personality, man, they don't really fit with mine and I just don't really get along with them very well. And there's this grinding. Well, beloved, it is the Holy Spirit working in both lives that allow those grinding gears to be able to mesh to the point that soon those gears are strengthening and encouraging each other rather than grinding against each other. And that's why God has placed you in this body. That's why God has brought us together as this small local body of believers, even with the differences, even with the strengths of some and the weaknesses of the others, the uh, en enrichments of some in their culture and in their diversities, as well as the stability that's found in others. God brings it together for his purpose because, beloved, it's not about you and I. It is about him. And we live lives that are surrendered as living sacrifices to him in order to be used by him for his glory. And that brings us to the third lesson that I want you to know this morning, and that is that we need to be seeking out the needs of others with a whole heart. That when we come in as a fellowship on any particular time, do we come in and say, hey, what's in this for me? What am I going to get out of this? And do we leave at the end of the day saying, well, it didn't do anything for me? Or do we come in with the opportunity to say, Lord, I'm yours. How can I be a part of what you're doing? How can I impact the lives of the people around me? And again, with the right understanding, the right balance, 
of knowing who you are with that true and right thinking about who you are. Rather than saying, well, I, I, I can't help anybody with, with my life. No, beloved, through Christ, there's an enormity of things that each of us could do. And on the other end of the spectrum, if you come and say, well, everybody ought to serve me, everybody ought to take care of me because I am something. Well, beloved, you need to be knocked down into reality again and realize that, no, you need to be serving. You need to be offering your life as that living sacrifice. Seek who we need and how we can meet the need of others. He tells us there, back in Romans verses um, 6 through 8, he says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. And he who teaches in teaching, and he who exhorts in exhortation, and he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Each one of these gifts listed here are for the betterment of the body. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word, the teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. To learn more about The Open Word, visit our website at theopenword.com. You can download today's teaching or subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Subscribing to the Open Word Podcast is the best way to stay up to date with all the latest messages from Pastor David. To subscribe, log on to theopenword.com, click on the podcast option on the homepage, or simply search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. That's info at theopenword.com. When you contact us, please let us know the call letters of the station you heard The Open Word on and how today's broadcast has blessed you. Your feedback helps us know the Lord's direction for this ministry. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again and may God richly bless you.